Big thanks to Mike Menescalco for helping me break the brain of Joe Giglio in the last segment as it relates to the Carolina Hurricanes and the goalie rotation. Look, Ranta's in net tonight. No kidding. But what happens Friday? Something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on. I'm just saying. Would not surprise me if Freddie Anderson plays on Friday. You just said, no kidding. Yeah. Why would it change? Because of course he was. Why would your reaction to it change? Because it's at home. Okay. It's That's at home. Fair. That's fair. It's at home. It's a legitimate point. I'm just saying. We'll check in with West Durham, ACC Network, ESPN, in about 15 minutes. It's been a pretty interesting couple of days for NC State basketball. Uh, looks like Kevin Keats has replenished the guard supply, and people are pretty hyped. Uh, they got another transfer, five star guy, former five star guy from Kansas. Uh, and that will complete a trio of guards they've added so far this offseason. So, um, Kevin Keats, you know, coming at it with a verve, man. Uh, still don't know what the future holds for the roster at Duke. Obviously, still waiting on some roster news for North Carolina as well. They haven't replaced Caleb Love yet. So, that's something to keep an eye on. They've added some pieces, but they haven't added somebody that replaces Caleb Love. So, again, all that stuff will happen in due time. Sticking with basketball, Draymond Green suspended one game for stomping on the chest of DeMontis Sabonis in Game 2 of the NBA first-round series between the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Now, how? what I find interesting about this conversation, Joe, it's very similar to the micro-conversations we have about when it's appropriate to call a foul. In the course of a game, we get upset with, how could they call that then? I want the players to decide these types of things. Well, I'm like, well, the players did decide by fouling, and you got to call that. You just can't go the purge in the last two minutes of a basketball game or the last two minutes of a football game. And I feel like that conversation extends itself to, how can you suspend Draymond Green for that in the playoffs? People want to see the matchup. This has been an argument. He jumped on the guy. Not only did he jump on Sabonis, and like with intent, it was the actions following that. Oh, where the antics? He, the antics following that. And Joe Dumars, who hands out player discipline for the NBA, the former uh, Detroit great, said as much that, hey, priors factored into our decision. Draymond Green has a poor track record when it comes to these types of antics. And after a while, you've developed your rep, and there are consequences for that rep, whether it happens in the regular season or not. And it gets back to... What I was talking about yesterday when we were having this conversation, and I fully expected them to suspend Draymond Green because how could you not? He stomped on the guy. Yeah. And then there was, you know, calling out fans right in front of Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, who was right there. But this gets to the biggest problem with Draymond Green. He thinks he's savvier with gamesmanship than he actually is. He's an incredible player. Key part to what the Golden State Warriors have done over the last few years in winning championships. But he's literally cost him a championship. Yeah, with similar antics. With this idea that I'm going to out-gamesmanship you, and he ended up getting got by LeBron James, who's savvier than him. And then yesterday, regardless of what you think about Sabonis and the ankle, they, they assessed that a flagrant one, it was they know you can be a liability. They know you can get got. And you gave him exactly what you were looking for. And this is obviously going to change the trajectory of the series. But this actually, low-key, Joe, is the best thing to happen to the Warriors. 
because now they have a convenient excuse to go down 3-0 in the series and likely lose it. The Warriors haven't been that good. Well, they also haven't paid Draymond Green yet. And while he has been an integral part of what they do, he is replaceable. He is. If you do that in the offseason. He'll probably be LeBron's teammate next year. He could be. Entirely he possible that'll be the case. I saw one joke of like, so so we're assuming that Draymond Green's doing his podcast reaction from LeBron James's backyard? Because that's probably where things are going to go. But yeah, th- th- he's probably played these these games with Draymond Green and, and the Golden State Warriors. And remember, he, are his last games. He with the began State the season by cold cocking yes. his teammate Jordan Poole. Yes, they're they're like next wave of really important player who helped them win the title last year. And this is a franchise that's trying to transition and show you that it is possible to go through different waves and different windows. Uh, it was such an it was such a bad idea at the beginning of the year, and mm. now this is a bad idea at the end of the year. And, this, and that's, but this is, that is who not Draymond he is. Green? But that's he, who he is. Right. Draymond Green has bad ideas. And I don't know why this is a this is this seems to be a controversial opinion for some people in NBA circles. Oh, okay. Uh, in NBA circles. This is some sort of controversial opinion. Here's Jay Williams, by the way, this morning. And this is actually what got me really upset. Because Jay Williams, I caught this live uh while watching Keyshawn J. Will and Max, where he called the the suspension of Draymond Green soft, and I had a really hard time trying to process the the thinking here. Soft. The NBA is the reason why people think NBA players are soft for stuff like this. This is this is why I have a problem with it. What do we hear people say about the league all the time? This guy he hurt his finger. He's on the IR for five days. You guys are soft. Or somebody gets caught with the elbow. Oh, it's just well, it's an elbow. Like we want to see more aggression. We want to see more physicality. Like I saw Quentin Grimes with blood on his face. I'm like, yeah, it's the playoffs. I get the push off. I get he got ejected. And I understand the history. Now, if you want to say if the reasoning for this comes out that the reason why the NBA suspended him for one game in the playoffs is because it was the way he acted with Adam Silver in the stands and him yelling at the crowd and that being a really big thing. Okay, and I I get it. But this is playoff basketball. Okay. And accordingly, don't step on somebody's chest. Like, Draymond Green, you know, you can't make bad decisions throughout your career, Mm -hmm. questionable decisions throughout your career. And then when you make another one, be like, well, why is everyone holding all of these other bad decisions I've made against me? I don't understand. They're all one-off events. No, they're not. (laughs) It's because you have a history. That is what you are. This is proven that what you are. And because of that history, teams can isolate that. Be happy that it's one game, by the way. Yeah, it is. But back to my central point. But that's got nothing to do with soft or toughness. uh, Come on, Jay. This this, gets back to my central point. The Warriors never actually took off this year. They never took off. And it's really a credit to Steph Curry and his ability to produce the way that he does that the Warriors are even in the mix. And as we well, talked about yesterday. guys in and out of their lineup the It's been nonstop. Year. I mean, it's... So, and it gets to your point about the Western Conference. Draymond Green is costing the Warriors, yeah, again, don't, don't fool around, a wide-open yeah. Western Conference. So, they're fooling around. They found out. And I got no sympathy for Draymond Green. Uh, and, I, again, I really do think that what ultimately brought the suspension wasn't the stomp itself. It was that he decided to engage with the fans the way that he did and make an embarrassment of himself, yeah. and that added I to mean, the priors. I would hope it's the totality of the actions. Yeah, I was going to say I would hope the antics would not be the reason for the suspension. Rather, the the violent act mm-hmm. that took place would be the reason. There's there's no place for that, um, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs. 
we got two seasons of a brief history of triangle sports uh, season number one is a bunch of one-off episodes about a variety of different topics uh, related to the area season two features a focus on the raleigh durham skyhawks and in honor of the two-year anniversary of roy williams retiring at north carolina back on april 1st 2021 we added a bonus episode to Roy, that dadgum legend podcast. Uh, Gerald Owens over at WRAL sat down with Roy back in February. We added a little bit more context to what had happened around that time. Roy saying, yeah, people have contacted me to coach. You know, if I have interest in coaching, he's like, nah. You know what I'm doing in January? I'm playing golf. You know what I'm doing in February? I'm playing golf. Things I never did before. I get to do golf in January and February. And then I get a text uh, from Hayes Permar earlier today and I kind of hate that he did this he's like hey have you done a brief history episode on the Raleigh Edge definitely should do that Dr. Dirt was a Raleigh sports celebrity I'm like I told him like yeah you know I'm corralling some some possible episodes like on the Carolina Roller Girls the Mm -hmm. the roller derby Uh, shout out to Brian Shaw over at Nice Price's dad big time road racer back in the day and uh, we got some footage of him on REL. So I looked it up. I'm like, what the heck is the Raleigh Edge? I had a back world team tennis? Excuse me? We had a world team tennis team here? So, of course, I hit up Jason Jennings over at WRIL. I'm like, hey, buddy. <laughs> Need your help. I have another archive request. Please send me all the things you have on the Raleigh Edge. He's like, uh, why? I'm like, blame Hayes. And, dude. Some of the footage we got of tennis being played in the old Civic Center, in the old uh, the old Raleigh Civic Center, man, unreal, man, absolutely unreal. Anyway, so I don't know. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. Actually, now I feel like I'm committed to doing one. West Durham, ACC Network, ESPN. Uh, did you watch the Raleigh Edge? You got some old Raleigh Edge gear, Wes? I, no. Um, <laughs> he was the voice of the. <laughs> no, no, I was not. Thank you. Um, but it begs, are you going to do, because oh boy. now you're going far enough back. Yeah. And you've done the Bullfrogs, and you've done the... Joe suggested Scott. the Dragons, the old softball team. Okay. I want to see if you're big enough to go almost 50 years and do the Carolina Cougars. Oh, the old ABA team? Because here's why. Get angry, they Larry. Literally... Can I get Larry Brown? If you, if you can hook me up with Larry Brown and talk about the Cougars, I will absolutely do it. I know somebody that has contacts with Larry Brown, yes. All right, let's make it happen. I'll, okay. I'm on board, Wes. Here's, here's where I want to go with Executive this, producer, Wes That I'm not looking for any more credits in life <laughs> right now. Thank you. Um, the Carolina Cougars played home games in Greensboro yeah. at the 15,000-seat Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Actually, they started off playing at the 8,000-seat Coliseum before they went to 15. They played in Charlotte on Independence Boulevard Mm -hmm. at what is now known as the Bojangles Arena. And they also played home games at Reynolds Coliseum. I I had looked them up out of curiosity when I was going through defunct basketball, professional basketball teams that had played in North Carolina because I I was – Kind of digging around because of the Bulldogs. Greensboro Gators, That's where uh, Bob Costas got his start, was the yeah, he's the St. voice Louis. of the spirit of St. Louis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, no, that's that's uh, I can I can definitely connect you with Larry Brown if you get interested. In I, I you look, man. I'm I'm looking for another uh, I'm looking for another season. So that might have to be have to be. One you have of to them. read loose balls though if you're going to do the book. Okay, 
All right. If I'll you're going to do the podcast, you got to read the book, Loose Balls. I'll, I'll awesome. check. Well, I did finish a book about uh, MTV recently. I'm looking for a new book. Wow. So How was uh, that? It was It was okay. I, I came right. I came away a little disappointed in the book about it. See, MTV. I was born when MTV started. I was I remember when it began. No, I get so you. I'm, Look, I'm I I have fond memories of that stuff, but in their in their minds, MTV ended in 1992. I'm like, no, it didn't. Regardless, yeah. uh, you got any bourbon for me? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I got so Wes wasn't on last week. Wes was uh, vacationing, and he's like bourbon trail. I'm like, oh, you have my yep. attention. So what did? What is this bourbon trail? What did you do? Well, this? the bourbon trail basically would be like what you would do if they set up craft beer breweries across the state of North Carolina. Okay. Um, went to Buffalo Trace, which is not just Buffalo Trace. It's also Pappy Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. It's Willet. It's, you know, those type. Think Eagle what, Rare. Uh, Eagle Rare, right. Which Colonel we, we Taylor. Have a, we have an unopened thing of Eagle Rare in the cubicle right now. What? Okay, <laughs> we we go hard here, Wes. A A Julio, why is it unopened? And B, oh. whose cubicle? Um, there you go. Um, it's the in case of emergency or oh, good. Yeah, well, day. um, yeah. so went to Woodford Reserve, Buffalo Trace, Castle and Key, Bardstown Bourbon Company, and a couple of other little boutique places in Lexington. Get, then went went you, to horse races on Friday. Did you get that so. pappy though? No, they don't. They don't sell the pappy, believe it or not, at the Buffalo Trace Distillery. It's a, still a human lottery for money, as far as I'm concerned. That is, yeah. For those who are unaware, Pappy Van Winkle is one of these false scarcity uh, things, and yes, you have to go into a lottery just to get a bottle. Uh, shout out to I Wayne. Was, shout out to Wayne for the nine one nine beer podcast. Yeah, where Wayne. She has a few pappy yeah. pappy bottles. Does he? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he tell just, Wayne yeah. I was offered a chance at a one and a half ounce pour of Pappy twenty three. For three hundred and twenty dollars, one shot, one and a half ounces for three hundred and twenty dollars. I would have put that in a cookout shake easily. Yeah, that stuff's not cheap, man. Mm-mm. Now my dad does the cognac, the Louis the Thirteenth or whatever it is. It comes yeah, like in that, yeah, that collects cri- the cognac. Yeah, that uh, that crystal bottle. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's like three hundred and fifty dollars for a pour. We found out this basketball season. Kevin Keats, who doesn't drink, collects bourbon. Mm-hmm. But now he collects transfer stars out of the portal. Yes, he does. Yes. And uh, has any me, ACC uh, team done better work in the portal no. thus far? No. Then in fact, I, uh, I went to my daily transfer portal sheet, Joe, that I cobble together three times a week. That's like in honor of Mark Packer's old uh, sheet of integrity or whatever it was. Index with the, card. Index yeah. card, right. The infamous index so, card. If I'm right. The only other school with more than two transfers in at this point is Virginia, who has three. But NC State has four, including two in the last 36 hours. Yeah, Middlebrooks and Rice. And Middlebrooks and the – and by the way, in what we've been waiting for all our lives, we just didn't know it, the trade between Clemson and NC State. (laughs) Um. We, we have no idea. Did anybody get any of the de- – I didn't see a release from the league office, by the way, confirming the trade, so I still don't well, know if it's been approved. I feel like some of these moves are, are players to be named later. You know, like the there Arizona the Arizona State transfer yeah. clearly Horn was, was – for That was for Herb. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Right, so pending physicals. My, my question would then be, if Middlebrooks and Clark were traded, the league has to ratify the trade, don't they? <laughs> 
Don't we have to have some statement from the commissioner or Paul Brazzo? Well, wait, where, it's where, where, says wait, the trade's been ratified. When's Jim Phillips for the uh, for the sake of competitive balance in the ACC actually says no? You yeah. can't transfer Chris, Chris there. Paul can't go to the Chris Paul can't and, go, and, and yeah. you got to go to this other team in the wait, ACC. Jack Clark is a far better rebounder than Ben Middlebrooks, <laughs> even though he's shorter. So Clark cannot go to Clemson to replace Middlebrooks. Meanwhile, Middlebrooks commits more fouls per minute played. And he's going so to actually, NC State. And where they yeah. love to foul. So put a so, lot of put a lot of people on the I, line. This is where we are, and I'll, I'll share this. I, I talked to a coach yesterday who said that, like, yes, you know the portal exists. And remember, there used to be this dead time after the Final Four till May when mm-hmm. they would go back out. And then really July. Remember, Gilio, July was when it kind of kicked in, right? But now this stuff means you finish the regular season and then the portal opens back up and all hell breaks loose. So, and that's what we've got right here because I'm looking at, I mean, I literally looked at the sheet today. Carolina has only two players in, Withers and Paxson Wojcik. Notre Dame only has one in. Pitt has two in. And like in the case of Syracuse, I think half their roster's gone. They got two guys. Mm -hmm. Miami has four in the portal, and they don't have anybody in yet. That's what I was just about to ask you about Miami because kind of quietly Isaiah Wong put his name in for the draft. He's gone, too. He's yeah, not coming. yeah he's and, not coming. and that one I looked at, and I was like, ooh. Now, I'm not worried because I think Miami Pitt State, they've shown that they can handle their business mm-hmm. in the portal. It's some like some of these other schools that you're talking about, Syracuse, Notre Dame, they, they haven't been in the portal game, and a lot of that has been who their head coaches were, and, and mm-hmm. we're going to see how the league adjusts. I hope, though, that there was a conversation, we don't. Jim Phillips allegedly wanted to talk to the coaches about controlling the narrative. I, I hope they had an honest conversation about what the state of college basketball is now, yeah. because NC State, Pitt, and Miami did it the right way last year, and looks like you know NC State's got a good off to a good start here in the portal. And, and uh, quite frankly, Wes, as you know, spoke with Kevin Keats last week. He said, "Listen, we're going to add guys." He goes, "But don't be surprised if guys who are on our roster right now." Then leave. Right. Because that's going to be part of this, too, that people need mm-hmm. to wrap their brains around. Like, he goes, I want, he said, I want to bring in four guys. And if I bring in the four guys I think I'm going to bring in, I'm probably going to lose other players, too. And then guess well, what? I'm going to go out and get some more. He's like, and people just need to kind of get their, their head around that. Well, think about it like this Ben Middlebrooks, and look, Ben is a nice player and a young, yeah. emerging big man, Who right? He looked unbelievable against State the, t- the two times right. I saw. Well, and here's the thing. Ben Middlebrooks leaves Clemson because why? P.J. Hall's coming back. Right, right. And so the Ben Middlebrooks yep. is not going to play. Yeah. And this is no longer about fit and comfort and degree-seeking and all these things. This is simply about one thing and one thing only, and that's the ability to play. It's about minutes. Yeah, and that, that's always going to be the and primary the level motivation. you can play. Yes, right. The minutes will always – I don't care what the money is. The minutes will always be the primary motivation for people to transfer. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then now, that, of course, and, where you land, I do think, is helped and guided by how much you can get in that new destination. So yeah. Uh, by the you, way, the the Josh Nickelberry kid that went to Florida State, yeah, yeah, yeah. two years ago was at Louisville. Right. Hey, can you answer today's trivia question? Oh no, this is a good what one. Is this, what is this? Obvious. What is this? Is this sponsored somehow? No. Yeah. Today's trick trivia question: MJ Rice is McDonald's yes. All American. Presumably, he will get to NC State because we've seen uh, Cameron Kelly on the football side. He's already back in the portal. 
I don't know if you saw that story. I did. Carolina to Virginia, now back in the portal. Assuming MJ Wrights gets to NC State, he will be the first McDonald's All-American on their roster since Julius Hodge. No. no. Come on now. No. Now you're just getting crazy. Kevin Keats has had one McDonald's All-American on a roster. One. I'll give you the obvious I, hint. I, I, I did he not get He it. never played. Yeah. The actual last all McDonald's All-Americans to play for NC State are TJ Warren, Roddy Purvis, Tyler Lewis. Those are the last three. But right. there was one more on the roster, and it wasn't Dennis Smith because he was injured his senior year and didn't make the McDonald's team. Okay, who was it? He began his career at Kentucky, and he never played for NC State. Oh, no. And his mom taught at UNC. Oh, oh no. Sasha. Killian. Sasha. Jones. Like that's that. a fun fact. That's that's something. That's you like the Diego. You, I even got you on that. Yeah, that's something yeah, you, you drop at parties. <laughs> yeah. Little well, fun facts. And that's like the Diego Romero at Florida State. Yes. That's the Dan Bonner. You have to ask Dan Bonner sometime about the Diego Romero theory. Okay, well, all right. Next uh, time we talk to Don about Dan about that, we'll have to get that. Speaking of fun facts, you you had sent me uh, a link to a story about Adrian Peterson. He was inducted into the Texas Football Hall of Fame. Yes. And this seems to happen to North Carolina head football coach Mac Brown more a than lot. any other coach, and I will never understand why. <laughs> I, I, people – knives come out for Mac Brown in a way that's really fascinating to me. It, yes. I, this is coming from somebody – I have my own issues with Carolina football and how they're – talked about sure. but whatever so adrian peterson goes into the texas football hall of fame like the state of the texas. state of texas yes. okay, yeah, yeah. High yeah. School, state of texas high school legend yeah, yeah. adrian peterson yeah. he's from palestine legend. texas yeah. and went to oklahoma Correct. so so he tells this story about how he ends up at oklahoma and you know he's like i sat in all these offices during my recruiting trips and mm -hmm. everything else and i asked if i had an opportunity to compete and they all said yes you know he brings up bob stoops yes he brings up mm -hmm. nick saban yes then he gets to Mac Brown. I do my visit with Texas. Quote, I sat in Coach Brown's office, and I asked him the same thing about, you know, the starting job everywhere else. And Mac Brown, if I come here, will I have the opportunity to come in and compete for the starting job? And he was like, well, Adrian, I'm not going to lie to you. Cedric Benson, he decided to come back for his senior year. So we're going to be loyal to him, and we're going to let him ride it out. But after that, you can compete for it. And I said, okay, appreciate it, and that was it. Never told him that I, was, I wasn't coming, uh, but that was the decision I made based off of that. Of course, this has Texas people upset. I'm thinking to myself, wait, are we just retconning Cedric Benson's time at Texas? I, but Mac was that also, guy. Also, he was I being mean, honest with the And he was being player. honest with Adrian also, Peterson. Also, Adrian Peterson is, is literally the exception to the running back rule. Like, yeah. True running back, true freshman running backs, Herschel Walker and Adrian Peterson are the only two perhaps in the history of college football, to come in and from Jump Street yeah. be dominant. Yes. No question. And the other issue here is think about Mac's tenure at Carolina, and Adrian Peterson was relatively early in his tenure at Texas, mm -hmm. okay, because yeah. he had Ricky Williams, and then Ricky Williams, I think, went Cedric Benson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, think yeah. about Mac at Carolina, though. Jason Stanisek and Mike Thomas comes from Richmond County and has to split snaps with Jason Stanisek. Yeah. Natro Means shows up. Oh, yeah. Clearly some, a big back everybody wants to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's yeah. halfway through the year before Natro Means takes shape. Mm -hmm. And I can even go back to the early years at Carolina when he had Chucky Burnett at quarterback 
and Chucky Burnett was the backup to then. And then, you know, Mac plays that loyalty card a lot. That's who he is as a coach. But he'll also throw Drake May out there as a freshman, okay? So it's like, I don't know. Uh, these yeah, are, Drake you, May was a redshirt freshman. Uh, that's him. true. That's true. If Texas yeah. fans want to get mad at Mac, there are plenty of reasons to get mad. Yeah, at the Adrian Peterson that's one doesn't make any sense. Right no, there. that is they not. Won a, they won a national championship not, with Cedric Benson. That like, is what do you want? Not one of them. And they've been they've been chasing it ever since. At all? Yeah, that's not what. Like all of the quarterbacks who were from the state of Texas. You know, even that gets kind of, a, you know, assigned to Max Blame. But, and it's like, you can't take them all. I mean, but, but Gilio, <laughs> you didn't have Andrew Luck. You didn't have, I mean, Robert Griffin, it. okay, I, I I get it. Yeah. But, like, some but of these Gilio, guys, like, it's funny. On. To me, it's always been funny how players keep that in the back of yes. their mind. Yeah, man. Yep. Yes. And it is like the energy burn for them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, when I took it personal. He knew. Yeah. Peterson, AP was, I mean, come on, man. As a true freshman, he should have won the Heisman Trophy, and he didn't. But, no question. Yep. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obis. All right, Wes, uh, enjoy the bourbon. And I'm not will... having any. I'm keeping the bottles tightly fresh at this point. I'm not cutting them loose yet. That's because you just went on the trail. That's it. Yeah, like you got to dry out a little bit after the trail. I got, I got plenty I of do, supply yeah. here. I just brought back the bottles I bought. That's all. It's not like a – don't look at me like it's the beer podcast, man. Don't look at me like the beer. it's going to go bad. It's not. Bourbon's not the beer thing. Jill. No, it's not. It's not that. It's just. Julio, you're a bourbon guy. You buy stuff. No, to, but you... he's been getting good yeah. things. And I'm like, whoa, this is really good. And that's. You buy stuff to enjoy it, Wes. I'm going to enjoy it. Okay, and I'm going right. to enjoy it with people I want to have who also enjoy. You're going to get us uninvited, Joe. So just come on. Should we crash uh, Wes's this summer? You're going to come to Seaville? Road, come road on down trip, here to road, Bartow road, County, huh? Road, road trip to Cartersville? Whatever golf course you were on the other day looked delightful, so I'm in for that. Yeah, Wes, I'm yeah. a little disappointed I didn't see any golf swings on Instagram. All right, I'll man. be at the AC. Really? Well, how about tips from the tee, too? You're disappointed you didn't see that. Yeah, didn't Get see ready. That. You're going to be disappointed all that. summer long. Yeah, well, if you want those, you go to Brando. We'll see you. We'll, <laughs> we'll definitely see you in July at ACC kickoff. You'll see me at the baseball tournament. I'm coming to the baseball the tournament. The Jamboree! Yes! Love it. We actually got to start, we got to start talking some baseball, by the way. Uh, as casual baseball fan season is here. All right, Russ, we will talk to you later. USA! I had to talk to single. Oh, super controversial. I think we've covered this before, but Grant Kozak was in charge of the underground tapes. Ah, I see. And he had the two live crew, the NWA. Yeah. You name it. Well, like stuff you weren't supposed to have? Correct. Interesting. You go. All you had to do is bring Grant the blank tape, ah. and then he would make the tapes for you. Gotcha, gotcha. Get get past that parental advisory mm. back mm. in the day. Very nice. Very nice. He was in charge. <laughs> I, I, Shout out to Grant. I follow Luther Campbell on Twitter, and it's so hilarious to me. You know, this guy who was super controversial when I was a ute. Yeah. Yeah, he's got wing stops. He's complaining about Miami Hurricanes football I, still. No, you know what I would love, though? I would love to get Luther, love Luther Campbell's Cable. take on, say, the the, the WAP and, and these other artists now, the female artists now, who oh, are Megan just, like, Stallion? taking it and, you know, use it as a form of empowerment because that was the big criticism of him yes was, oh, you're you're objectifying. I would just, I would it'd be interesting to hear oh, well, I mean, some of his thoughts he's actually, on on what the current state of some of these rap songs are. Not to be well actually, guy, yeah, but yeah. it's not current because there's been some artists from Florida that he's backed, like Trina, mm-hmm. 
who Miss have, Trina makes the ballers want to star. Right. That I mean, Miss like, Trina? like, let's not act like what. And I love Megan the Stallion. No, no, no. But it's it's almost. It feels almost even more overt. Maybe. Oh, but if you, but go, if you, back go, if listen, you go back and listen, the two laugh crew. Yeah, but if you go also go back, you listen to some Trina or some Foxy Brown yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Little Kim. Come on now. Foxy Even, is the one who gave us, I can say it, right? I, ill. I, I would, yeah, the Ill Nana. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she was the one who gave us that. Yeah. Uh, and also, go back and listen to Missy Elliott, man. Huh. I, I, I would not have put her in that same category. Oh, dude. Go go actually pay attention to Missy well, Elliott Well, you lyrics. know I struggle oh, yeah. sometimes to to connect lyrics she talks, to their actual meaning. She you, talks, I'm just saying you know I struggle Joe, with that. Work It is one of the biggest singles in yeah. pop history. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse she it. She talks about making sure that it's presentable so that sh- you can then go at it like a vulture, Joe. Okay. I, that I gonna, doesn't need much analysis, to, but you're, you do, might be right. Do I have to go and... I almost feel like Joe learns Missy Elliott lyrics. <laughs> she had a hit called One Minute Man. <laughs> That's true, she did. Come on, Joe. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you don't pay attention Super to lyrics. Super Duper Fly was, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't pay attention to lyrics. I don't. It's fine. It's fine. But go. But now that you, when you say go home, it. When you go home, listen to Work It, and you'll be flabbergasted. I just like the part where she does the reverse part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked it when she talked about how she got things prepared. All right. Let's uh, give you our top 10, bottom 10. Panthers right. draft history. Yeah, we're going to stay in 2001 for both because in 2001 with the second in the second round this is the, the best okay Panthers took defensive tackle Chris Jenkins yeah in the second round the 44th overall pick now while Jenkins didn't have that long of a career mm-hmm. with the Panthers in his time with the Panthers twice he was first team all pro including his second year where he was the anchor of the defensive front with Julius Peppers, of course, on the outside, but Jenkins on the inside of their first Super Bowl team. So the on the top 10 best, number seven, Chris Jenkins, second round, number 44 overall. While we're applauding their work in the 2001 draft, now let's point out where they perhaps went wrong. The yang to the yin in the 2001 draft, because in the fourth round, we've talked about taking a quarterback out of App State and then saying, you know what? You're going to play receiver. We've talked about taking an undersized quarterback from Louisville and saying, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe you'll be a backup. And then never making the team. And both were wild swings and misses. Huge misses, yeah. In 2001, in the fourth round, you're saying, you're gonna, again, you're going to say, Joe, you're picking nits here, but just wait, because you may misremember this. In the fourth round, 2001, the Panthers took Chris Wanky, quarterback, <laughs> 29 years old yeah. from Florida State. Now, Two years previous, he had won the Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. at Florida State. He also had a severe neck injury, okay? In 2000, you're going, well, Joe, they just drafted. They took a flyer on Chris Winkie to be their backup quarterback. No, no sir. No, no, he, was not, no not, he sir. was not a flyer to be a backup. No, sir. No. Because in 2000, their quarterback was 35-year-old Steve Berline, mm-hmm. and Jeff Lewis, the immortal Jeff Lewis, was the backup. They take Wanky. He started fifth. 15 games as a 29-year-old rookie, completed only 54% of his passes, 11 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. The Panthers that year go 1-15 in his lone year as the starter. However, they have 
Chris Wanky to thank for having the number two pick the next year and getting us to who eventually we will see Pep. Julius Pepper. Yes. He, he, so he'll, so he'll, he served a purpose. He, did, he, he, he was a means to an end. But this was not a throwaway, let's take Will Greer no. and see if he becomes, let's take Matt Corral and see if he becomes. No, this was, they took him to be yeah. somebody who could potentially be their starter, and he did start. How does one take a 29-year-old quarterback, Joe, with neck problems? I have no idea. The, justific- the justification always was for Chris Winky at 29 was that he's ready. He's ready. He's there's a maturity. Maturity. He's, there's the maturity yes. to him. You know, you got to remember where Florida State was as a program at that time. You know, you, you talk yeah. about how Alabama's the 33rd NFL team. Yeah. Well, you got to remember at that time Florida State was running, running. Okay. And Winky was part of that great Bobby Bowden. I'm going to give you the uh, next two quarterbacks taken uh, in the this, fourth round. See, now, these are the parts that bother me. No, when, you, when, it, you, when it, you go to the other ones, because you're going, oh, man, what could have been? Yeah, this one's, but this is okay. Sage Rosenfels yeah, was fine. taken. Car- career backup. 109, yeah, career backup. And then the other one, if you're a fan of The Bachelor, Jesse Palmer. <laughs> so no real blood no, spilled. Yeah, there. no real misses there. But like you said, it did get him the second pick in the draft. It did. 